Well, you're going to want to keep listening because Mike Strange joins us now, Commissioner Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry. February is Sweet Potato Month. And, Mike, you're saying it comes out delicious. Good morning, first of all. How you doing? Absolutely. I mean, I am doing great. I am looking forward to crawfish season, uh-huh. to strawberry season. Oh, yeah. Look, it's time to eat, right? I yes, can't wait it is. Easter. We need to start now. It's and always right. time to eat, Mike. Yam right. Always time to eat. Yam right. Is there, a difference between a, is there a difference between a yam and a sweet potato? No, sir, but, you know, when we like to call them yams, the Louisiana yams, mm-hmm. but no, they're all they're the same. Uh, so, you know, I guess for if we're going to be, a, how you say, a little more exact, we might say sweet potato, but yam right to eat those yams, and they are delicious, especially when you boil crabs or crawfish. You put those sweet potatoes in, and you get the medium-sized ones, not the really big ones, but the nice medium-sized ones, and you boil them, and they are, you, look, you take some butter. It is just incredible. Now, the, also, when you're done with your, with your crawfish boil, and you, you know, they're peeling some some of those extra crawfish, right, mm-hmm. to make your etouffee and, and put you know put them on top of your steak and pork chops when you cook that. Mm-hmm. You take and wrap uh, that sweet potato up in tinfoil. And when you barbecue, right, you, 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 heat, you, you heat that up on the side of that steak inside that tinfoil for the second time. Mm-hmm. Or you can microwave it and heat it up any way you want, but, you Maybe. know, it's just like a twice-baked potato. It's, oh, it's just incredible. Maybe a little bit so, of smoky flavor that. too, huh? Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It just didn't get any better that now like, like me. I do like to put a little brown sugar on them, mm-hmm. right, a little bit of butter, a little scent. Look, you, you, look, you only live once. You need to eat well. So, you know, sweet potatoes and, and of course, we've got to have those fresh strawberries that are on their way. We're really excited about that. Right, we'll, it's time now, right? We'll take a break. We'll pick it up when we come back. Mike Strain, our guest, big ball of positivity and sunshine. He always makes me hungry. Commissioner Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry. If you got any questions about gardening or animals, what have you, Mike's a veterinarian, 504-260-1870. I'll pass your question along. That's on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. When we come back, it's 20 till 7. I'm Tommy Tucker. Glad you're with us on this Thursday morning, January 12th, WWLAMFM.com and the Odyssey app. 6.45, quarter till 7. Tommy Tucker talking to a friend, Mike Strang, Commissioner Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry. Mike, we had somebody on from the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, and they were talking about nutria and how much of a problem they are and the bounty. I think it's $6 a piece you get for them if you, if you turn in a tail. That's a, another discussion. But but the, the uh, person that was on with us, a Ferber biologist, Jennifer Hogue-Manuel, talked about barbecue nutria. Have you ever had that or not? No, I haven't. I have had uh, Nutria within a gumbo, mm-hmm. and it was pretty good. And as a matter of fact, last Friday, uh, a, a group of friends and me, we went out to the mouth of the Mississippi River uh, down in Venice, mm-hmm. and uh, we were out there Nutria hunting. And I was shocked when I saw how little marsh was left. Yep. You know, we went, you know, by, uh, you know, Fort Jackson and Fort St. Philip. And when you get over by Fort St. Philip, I swear the marsh was only a few hundred yards wide. I was, and the, the amount of devastation by the nutrient and the loss of our coast was just, it was, it was shocking to me. You know, 20 years ago, we began farming in Lower uh, Plaquemine Parish around Myrtle Grove. And on the west side of the levee, the, you know, the, what we call that the, you know, the side levee, mm-hmm. was all marsh. Now it's all water. So this coastal erosion is real, and they are a terrible problem. And I do think they're making a difference, you know, and they're fixing to have a uh, a big hunt. They're going to go and, and, you know, just have just like a 
many people hunting at the same time mm-hmm. and try to decrease the population because they are very plentiful. They're causing a tremendous amount of damage, and along with everything else, we are losing the coast, and every acre of marsh is precious. I don't know how you can keep up with them as fast as they breed. I don't know, I don't know if you could kill them uh, quickly enough, can you? No, I don't think you can, but I think what they're trying to do is just hold that population in check and maybe slowly back it up. I think at the end of the day, uh, like a number of the other species, like the feral swine, we're going to have to develop an anti-fertility vaccine Mm -hmm. that would be given orally. Uh, We do have an anti-fertility vaccine that is used in such as elk and bison, but it's injectable, and that's not going to work. But if we can develop an oral vaccine, we have oral rabies vaccine for wildlife, and it's distributed in cookies by airplanes. And so by that, if we could do that, then we could start making a difference. Other than that, at some point, some type of disease will attack them if they overpopulate. That's just a part of the cycle of nature and, and knock them back. But they have no natural predators other than, the, than a few alligators. We saw a few of those. But it's a population that's unchecked because they are an invasive species. They're not native here, and so they don't have the diseases to hold them back. But they're a problem. And I can tell you, we need to do all of us everything we can uh, for a coastal uh, erosion. And I'll be speaking to the salt and water uh, conservationists today, and we'll be talking. That will be part of the subject matter. We're talking about all the things that we're all doing collectively for our coast. And if and I know you've been there, but everybody needs to take a chance. Get in an airboat and go look at that marsh. I was also amazed, though, just the diversity of the wildlife that was there and the magnificent, you know, the ducks and the geese. You know, and so there were just so many uh, roseated spoonbills down there and ducks. It's really magnificent, and we need to save that for future generations and for the economy. You know, the the ships are going down that Mississippi River, and we are markedly increasing our activity on the river and the economics here in the state and the United States. And that river is the lifeblood. It's the economic superhighway of America. And we need to protect that river. And to protect the river, we have to protect the marsh as well. Mike, what's the crawfish outlook? Oh, it's going to be good. Uh, we're excited about that. You know, we had that little cold snap that kind of knocked it back a little bit. I think they're going to be having a lot to eat. Uh, that little bit of cold snap is going to make the vegetation break down a little bit quicker. But they're going to be nice. They're going to be plentiful. Uh, the season may be a little shorter. So, you know, don't expect it too much, you know, going into the summer. Uh, because they'll probably run out of the vegetation because of the freeze. But if it stays like it is now, this is prime crawdaddy weather, and they're going to be really nice. So we're looking forward to it. And, of course, I think I was with a group from Texas and the and other areas of the United States. They're looking forward to it, too. So we need to eat all we can, and we'll send them some of the rest. Um, somebody else texted in about the sugarcane crop. Is that over with, or are we still seeing sugar, train, uh, sugar cane trucks on the road? You will see that for about another eight days. Most of the mills are all going to shut down on the 20th. Uh, They are slowing down. What happened with the freeze, you know, we were at about 90, 92% harvested. Then we had the the freeze there on about, you know, the 23rd, 24th of December. And you have a narrow window to harvest after that because it does affect the quality of the cane. Uh, Normally when you have a freeze like that, it remains cold. And that it makes that window a little bit longer, but it got hot all of a sudden. And so some of the cane will start fermenting in the fields, which lowers the, the yield of the, of the sugar. And so we're at the final end, and, but about another seven to eight days, and the trucks will be off the road. We're hoping that you know, overall that we will get 95 to 98% of all the cane harvested. 
Uh, but, you know, and we're thankful for that. The price of sugar is remaining strong. It's around 34 cents, and so that's good. And, of course, uh, it did not get cold enough to damage the plant itself, just the cane above the ground. So, the, you know, the root system below the ground we think is fine. So next year and the following years, harvests are still look good. And with this mild weather, you know, I think we're going to have – it's going to be good. And very soon we're going to be starting to put our corn in the ground, our cotton in the ground. Uh, It'll be time to plant rice and, of course, uh, soybeans thereafter. So the land's going to be warming up pretty quickly. And if you're planting a garden, if you look at the vegetable planting guide, you can start planting some things in the garden this weekend. So, you know, 15th of January or so and and February 15th are the starting dates for many crops. So now is the time. So we can have that bountiful harvest. I can't wait. What's the census of agriculture that's happening, Mike? Oh, that's very important. You know, we do a five-year census of agriculture, and the, the census takers actually work out of my Baton Rouge office. And by the census, that's where we get all the information that, one, we as officials use to make decisions, but also the USDA has that data uh, when we start looking at all the different programs and, and estimating what the, what, the shot, what the supply is. So it's extremely, extremely important that everybody that gets a notification participate. You can go online, farmers.gov. You can go to Census or NAS. But um, your farmers, if you haven't participated online, you would get a written form, and it is required by law that you fill it out. That information is absolutely critical for decision-making so that when we talk, you know, to, to, to the policymakers and looking at, you know, what our share of the, you know, the federal budget is as far as the farm bill and that sort of thing, <clears throat> that we know what those numbers are and all of the people wanting to do business with us. You know, people that want to buy, you know, sugar or soybeans or corn or beans from Louisiana will say, well, look, this is how much they have. And so it's very, very important. We really urge everyone to participate. It's kept confidentially. It's only released in an aggregate form. And the census takers do a great job. Any final thoughts, Mike? Yes, uh, we're going to have a real good year. We're looking forward to that. I know that the price of food and the price of eggs, the price of poultry and the price of milk, eggs have been a big, big ticket item. We are working on that. We're trying to get more uh, egg-laying hens in production. A a lot of the problem with the, the price of eggs was caused because of avian influenza. And we are working on that as well to get those food prices down. So we're cognizant of it. We're working towards it. And our farmers, they are going to produce everything they can uh, and at a price as affordable as they can. So we're getting ready for Easter and Mardi Gras. And so, look, it's a great time of year. Life's too short. Eat something good. Thank you, Mike. Have a great week. Mike Strain, Commissioner of Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry. Six.